Michael Penix Jr. put on the show versus the Oregon Ducks in week seven of college football. Why is he the perfect replacement for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings? We'll tell you next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network. And guys, happy Monday, man. And thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Shout out to y'all for being our everydayers. But I got to kick this thing over to my guy, my brother, my partner in crime, Mr. LSU, Keith Sanchez, who you can find on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man, in 2019, national champ with those LSU Tigers, man. But you know why we're here, right? Myself, Damian Parsons, we're here to bring you that championship-level content surrounding the NFL Draft 24 Seven three sixty five. We are where you come to your dynamic duo, man. College football, NFL football. We always say is what it starts with the draft, man. So this is your number one source for everything football, man. But DP, man, we have a hell of a sleep, right? We're talking about college football week seven recap, but not just any recap, right? We like to mix it up a little bit over here on a locked on NFL draft podcast where we talk about draft rate, all right. Then we're going to talk about some stock up, stock down with these players right in their projections and who's trending up and who's trending down and then you're gonna see a guest appearance from coach k coach dp where we hand out the game ball with tb man before we get that thing started man why don't you give them a shout out from our title sponsor this episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use the promo code locked on nfl for a 20 for 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed keith draft radar Right, and which is basically like I said, we for those who haven't listened to it in a week, we switched the name from draft scenarios to draft radar, but it's the same thing, right? So when we look at draft for me, when I looked at the draft radar and we talked about it, right, on Saturday, that that Washington, Oregon game, a lot of big time prospects, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But the guy I wanted to pull and 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 talk about in draft radar is Rome Odunze, the star wide receiver for the Washington Huskies, a guy that Keith caught the game-winning touchdown in 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 this in this high-powered shootout, kind of what we predicted it would be. Rome went for eight receptions, 128 yards, and two touchdowns. And when I say draft radar, who what team should have him at probably at the top of their draft radar? I think it should be the Baltimore Ravens, Keith. The Baltimore Ravens should have him high on the priority list, high on the draft radar. Now, so this is a team that's with, with that winning football said- games. Are you done with Rashad Bateman? Because this this appeared to be a Ravens team that revamped the wide receiver room. Are you not Uh liking what you've seen so far? Who's on the way out, right? We know it's not Zay Flowers, but are you saying Odell Beckham's on the way out? Who's on the way out? Odell Beckham, you know, he was brought down on that one-year deal, so I don't even know if he's going to be brought back, right, unless he has a really strong – Finish to the season. We did see some things on Sunday where he caught a slant and nearly took it to the house uh, from inside their own territory. It looked like a little bit of old, you know, New York Giants OBJ on that play. But yeah, Rashad Bateman is probably the guy where he was always a risky selection because he was hurt 
all the way back to college where he was never consistently healthy. And that was the case has been the case for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Lamar threw an interception with targeting him where I think Lamar was expecting him on that stop route to break more. So outside back towards the sideline, right. And shield the, the himself or use his body to shield the DB from the, from the ball. I don't know what Rashad Bateman was doing. He looked dead at the ball the, the DB was behind him. He looked at the ball. DB said, I'll be the receiver. And he caught the interception. So it was just like, for me, they, they need that X, that true X to Z type of receiver. And I think Roma Dunze brings that, right? He has the body control, the the uh, abil- ability to play through contact, but the speed deep down the field, the ball tracking, strong hands. He makes some incredible catches. This is the type of guy I think you have Mark Andrews at tight end. You have Zay Flowers, big play, Devin Duvernay as well. I think you got to continue to, until you find the right mixture, you got to continue to put more plays, more pieces in this wide receiver room, right? It's just like, I think for them, it's like the offensive line, Keith, right? You want to get your best five on the field? You want to get your best three to four wide receivers. And know that they're your best three to four wide receivers and not someone that you have to worry about. Well, is he going to miss four weeks because he's been hurt? So I think Roma Duzze should be one of the number one targets for the Baltimore Ravens. I, I, I like it, DP, and especially once you, you know, you kind of went through this this Ravens. Because I think the thing is this, that everybody thought that, hey, the Ravens receiver course should be good, right? But like we talked about, we talked about entering the season. Rashad Bateman is a question mark and has been a question mark for a while. And we'll see how that thing just continues to unfold. But it seems like this Ravens offense, while they are winning, right? Like, they're you know, the Ravens mm-hmm. are one of the better teams in the AFC. But it seems like still a little sporadic, right, offensively and trying to figure everything out. Especially so, when your quarterback has gotten be- so much better as a passer. He's out yeah. there delivering dimes and y'all not catching it. You're not getting over it. You got to fit. You got to fix this. You got to fix this if you're Eric DaCosta and, and that Baltimore Ravens front office. Yeah, and I, and I, I would say even for Rome Madunze, that performance, right, was one that he needed because Malik mm-hmm. Neighbors and Keon Coleman were taking off with the wide receiver two conversation. So Excellent. Rome Madunze definitely needed it. DP, we talking, you talked about that game, right? You talked about Washington. You talked about the wide receiver. I'm going to talk about the quarterback, man. And what's on my draft radar? Minnesota Vikings. Go ahead, fire it up. Get it going. Do your deep dive on Michael Penix to the Minnesota Vikings. There you go. We already have the jersey swap loaded for you already so you can see what Michael Penix is going to look like if you're watching on YouTube. Man, but DP, I, I, I love this situation because this. You, you realize we what we've seen that's worked, right, is putting quarterbacks in similar – or just player spirit. Put them in similar situations mm-hmm. than what they've done in college, Right. And what I'm saying is, is that Michael Penix has two, three wide receivers that he can go to in college, right, and just deliver the football, whether that's pushing the ball vertically or that's just giving him a, a chance with one-on-one footballs, right? And that beautiful, uh, you know, to, to go up against uh, Oregon, right, that beautiful ball that he threw to Rome Adunze, it was the last touchdown of the game, right? That was just giving your guy a chance, right? And you know who the Minnesota Vikings have, D.P.? One guy that you give a lot of chances to, right? Okay. Justin Jefferson, you give him as many chances as you could. And watching watching Michael Penix, DP, it's not, you know what I love? It's velocity on the football and it's accuracy, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's jumping off his hand where it has velocity, but it's, it's very accurate, man. And I, and I just love how he, the, the ball trajectory that he's throwing with um, ball placement, man, he, he's letting that thing rip. Now, I'm more than sure people are going to be extremely critical of the throwing motion, right? The throwing motion is 
It's different. Like we'll we'll, we'll yeah. call it different. Right? It's a different type of throwing <laughs> motion. But um, he he gets the job done. And I just think about like you say, why the Vikings? It's not just Justin Jefferson. It's Jordan Addison, who's early on in his career, right? He like the the draft investment that you put in him is starting to pay off, right? And it's starting to be a, a tandem, and it's the tandem very similar to what he had in Washington. Then you look at the tight end position with T.J. Hawkinson, right? And I think going get T.J. Hawkinson, letting him work the middle of the field, right? And I think it's a very similar situation. I don't want to say I trust the head coach, uh, Kevin O'Connell, right? But I I like some of the things he do, right? Like, I I don't think he's hurt Kirk Cousins. And I think Michael Penix has a strong arm, and you probably can do more things with Michael Penix. So, for me, DP, I love that parent right there, putting Michael Penix to the Vikings. I think Michael Penix has earned it, right? He's proven it. And I think it's a situation that just makes sense for the Minnesota Vikings to move on at this moment. No, 100%. And, and you'll be putting them in kind of that Sean McVay style offense, but they're willing to run, you know, and they, they, they'll get in shotgun and different things like that. You know, his ability to layer the ball. The, but I tweeted out, he throws some of the, he, he, he has some of the best bucket throws in mm-hmm. college football, like just drops it in the bucket, just in the bread basket over the shoulder, right? If you, if you're receiving, you stack your guy, you don't want to have to come back to the football. You want the ball out in front. Like, make it easy on me. I don't want to have to fight through contact, fight through and maybe get a a, <clears throat> a DPI and stuff like that. So I, I like that fit a lot, Keith. You know, Roman Dunze to Baltimore, Michael Penix to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, there we go. There we go with DP. Let's keep this thing going. Let's keep it flowing, man. Coming up next, we have Stock Up, Stock Down. Man, stay tuned for this segment right here because we're telling you the hottest football names in college football, right? These draft prospects who are elevated that no one's talking about right now, but I promise you, they will be day two picks that have come out of nowhere. So get used to these names. Stay tuned for the next segment. Coming up next, Stock Up, Stock Down. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets for your next favorite and big event. Right. But if you wait to the last moment, you will. Why? Because at the last moment, you're trying to avoid being scammed and dealing with scalpers. You're trying to find the best deals that fit your pocket as well as competing with other buyers. But let me introduce you to Game Time. It is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. What do they offer? They offer last-minute tickets, flash deals, and zone deals. Their tickets are easy to find and buy for every kind of event in your area. And you're going to love the fact that for each seat in the venue, they have images. They have views. So you'll know what kind of vantage points you have if you purchase just those tickets. If you're a big-time college football fan, we have the Penn State Nittany Lions heading into Ohio Stadium to face off with the Ohio State Buckeyes this coming Saturday. You can get tickets on Game Time on the Game Time app for $222. So, guys, listen, I'm going to tell you right now what you need to do is very simple. Why wait? Go do it. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Today's episode of Locked on NFL Jobs has been brought to you by Prospects. Prospects is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Guys, Prospects is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They are quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and they have an enormous selection of players and stat types. And that's what makes Prospects the number one daily fantasy sports app. This week on Prospects for NBA preseason, I'm taking the over on LaMelo Ball for the Charlotte Hornets versus the OKC Thunder for over 13 and a half points. But I'm also going to take the over for Josh Giddy in the same 
same matchup for over 10 and a half points. So guys, listen to me and listen to me well, okay? Let me help you out here. What you need to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 at prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. As always, guys, the stock market opens here on the locked on NFL draft podcast every Monday morning. And Keith, when there was a lot of players that played well, but I got to give a shout out to one to a Tar Heel, Keith. I mentioned him on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. I said, listen. You know what I'm saying? You bursted on the scene week one versus the, the South Carolina Gamecocks. You were out there. That whole defensive line was balling. But I wanted to see he was getting pressure, but he wasn't completing those pressures to sacks. Well, Cayman Rucker did that this, this past Saturday, Keith. He had two and a half sacks versus the University of Miami, man, and then the U is not back. Keith, I said it a little too early this season. Um, you know, and I might not ever say it again until they're undefeated in the college football playoff. But go. you know, Cameron Rucker, man, right six there. two. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, Keith. You know what I'm saying? So six two, two sixty five for Cameron Rucker. He was just the power, the quickness off the ball in, in an edge class. That Keith, you tell me if you agree. Where it's not bona fide, like outside of Jared Verse, Dallas Turner, and Chris Braswell has come, has really burst on the scene this season. Like he's balling too. But there's a lot of behind those guys, it's just a lot of smoke where you don't know who's going to come out of the tunnel. You don't know who's going to walk out of there. It's like, I'm edge four and five. I'm edge six and seven, right? You Right now, the rank edges one through ten would be very difficult, in, in my opinion. So I, I want to give love to this young man. I think his stock is up. Like I said, he probably, you know, I think he finished the game with like three hurries and pressures and everything. So he's got over 20 pressures. But like I said, the add uh, two and a half sacks to his already three. So he's at five and a half sacks on the season. Shout out to Cayman Rucker, man. Yeah, uh, DP, I think you explained that well, right, with the edge rusher part is that, yeah, we, I mean, you could ask five different people who edge one is, and you, you might get five different answers, right, between uh, Laytu Latu, between Chop Robinson, between Dallas Turner, between Jared Verse, right? You're going to get a lot of different answers just with edge one, so let alone edge two, three, four, five, six, and seven. So I, mean, I think highlighting guys like that that are performing well, Um, who knows, right? You could be talking about a potential back in the first round. We're talking about coming off a draft where everybody going to be like, okay, Okay. Well, that's a stretch. No, it's not. You want to know why? Because Kansas City Chiefs, they drafted what? A Kansas State edge rusher, right. Felix Anaduke Uzoma in the back end of the first round, which no one was expecting. Right? It was a guy with a lot of potential upside, fluid hips, everything else, sack production, but nobody really had him pegged as a for sure first round prospect. So that's why we do the stock up, stock down, so we can talk about these prospects and get the momentum going one way or the other. But DP, we uh, I think this guy that I'm going to mention, I feel like you're, you're you watched um. You watch, uh, I say, I was about to say Anthony Marshall. You watch Anthony Richardson a lot last year, right? And this was Anthony Richardson, probably his number one target DP last year. And you've seen the potential there with this guy, right? But he finally converted the potential into actual production. And I'm going to talk about Florida wide receiver, right? I know we both talk about him like him, Ricky. Pearsall, he had himself a day DP, 10 receptions, 166 yards, and a touchdown, right? And that's what I was glad to see was because when you watch the film, you see the glimpses, right? You're like, I think this guy can ball a little bit, right? But you don't have enough evidence, right, to kind of stand on it all the way, right? Like, you're just, you're just going off of, like I talked about, potential. But to actually see him put it together, we're talking about stock up. Man, look, he clearly placed himself, you know, 
as a not only a draftable name, right? But I think he pushed himself and elevated himself, DP, into kind of that middle round range for now, right? Like now he, he still has the opportunity to move up, but he placed himself in the middle round names. Well, I thought previous this, he was probably an afterthought for everybody. He was just, hey, yeah, who's that wide receiver that plays for Florida that catches a couple right. balls? Now it's like, oh, that's Ricky Pearsall, right? Like the guy that can change games. So I was excited to see him ball out. And it's kind of confirmation for me that, man, this is a true NFL draft prospect. Yeah, he, he kind of reminds me of uh, Tyler Boyd and, and Adam Thielen. You know what I'm saying? When you put him in the mm-hmm. slot, you get to run a variety of routes with him. He's tough, uh, gritty, strong-handed, you know, for the most part as well, secure hands. Young man can ball, and, and he, he 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 was unstoppable. The South Carolina didn't have an answer for him. And, um, you know, it was one of the bright spots for uh, Billy Napier's offense, passing offense, back-to-back seasons. Keep, and DP, keep it rolling in terms of – yeah, go ahead. That, that, yeah, and that's coming off of the jump man catch, right? Like this – and so for those who don't know what we're talking about, this is the guy that had the, the ESPN number one catch, the, the jump man catch. So he's right. he's really starting to showcase his ability, and I, I agree with you. It's the toughness and the grit that I think is going to make this guy a productive NFL football player. And in, in this wide receiver class, it's he may not be a second or third round pick, but he's probably going to be a steal in that fourth round mm-hmm. for a team. Because, you know, all these other big name and, and really talented prospects, he's somebody that's going to fly into the radar. Not for us here at the Lockdown NFL Draft, but I expect him to slide down the draft boards because there's so many talented wide receivers in this class, and, and he's going to make somebody really happy. Keith, you don't want to talk about talent, man. Bucky Irving. You want to talk about a tone setter in this game, right? <clears throat> and we talked about this on Saturday. Washington, who surprised, I think, the entire world, especially myself, Dylan Johnson, their running back had over 100 yards. They ran him well, all right, and and they didn't rely all the way on the pass. But we knew that Oregon was willing to run the ball. Dan Lanning is an SEC head, you know, former SEC coordinator and everything, trying to bring that physicality, that toughness, and and that power to the Pac-12. Bucky Irvin was so he ran violent he ran physical he was tough the contact balance was special like he just did not want to go down if, if the first defender tried to bring him to the ground he just was not feeling that idea and he was fighting through arm tackles you see the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield the, you know quickness you know he, I, I compared him to to Tajay Spears I think he's this year's Tajay Spears he's not gonna have the type of speed and explosiveness that Tajay has but this young man can really can really ball keys. I, I think his stock is up, especially in a running back class that is, in terms of production, lacking right now. Yeah, I think this running back class, DP, is going to come down to kind of draft what you need stylistically, right? I, I don't know if it's going to be a lot of running backs that fit all schemes and, you know, mm-hmm. gap power and, and, and zone and stuff like that. It's going to be draft what you need, right? Like a lot of scheme-specific backs in this class. And so I agree, like somebody like Bucky Irvin, role-specific guys, right? Like you're going to draft these guys with very, with you know, very specific I guess usage in mind uh, for them to be successful. DP and keep on going, right? We're talking about guys that had stock up and DP. I'm 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 going to continue to invest in this. We've talked about him already, and I'm going to continue to talk about him. South Carolina wide receiver Xavier Leggett. I like him. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. DP. I'm stock up, and I'm going to continue to keep pounding the stock. But he went. I believe he went for another hundred yard game. This past weekend, DP against Florida. And it's just when you watch the film, this guy is 6'3, 220, 230 pounds. He explosive. And like I said, he he, he reminds me somewhere across between DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel, right? Like when you watch him, he he he's physically, he's just he's on a different level. Like you, you're like, all right, that's different, right? From what I've seen. And 
I believe what DK Metcalf failed to the second round, right? Because some people are critical of, sec- of certain things. I don't think they're going to make the same mistake with Xavier Leggett. Spencer Rattler is getting him the football, right? So he's able to, you know, catch the football, make some plays. But you're seeing, you're seeing a multitude of things. You're seeing a contested catch. For a big guy, DP, I think he – and I don't want to say he's a better route runner than DK Metcalf, but I don't have the question about his ability to get in and out of breaks like some people did for DK Metcalf, right? He has strong yeah. – he's able to adjust to the football. He can high point the football. So while I, I don't, I'm not drafting him as a, a one-trick pony or strictly a gadget guy, I'm, I'm drafting this guy thinking that he might be the real deal as a wide receiver, period. So that's why I wanted to go stock up on again. No, I, I like that a lot, Keith, because – you know, that's my guy, the X-Man. Yeah. That's my dude. You know what I mean? He's been balling, and, and he just continues to put in work and, and continue to fly under the radar, but not here at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Keith, we talked about some good stuff. Now let's talk about a stock down person right now. Mm-hmm. Cam Ward. We, and this is a guy that a couple weeks ago, he was in really good standing. But coming off back-to-back <laughs> games against UCLA, he was 19 of 39. 197 yards passing, 48 per, 49% completion, one touchdown, two interceptions, right? Now against Arizona, then they lost to UCLA 25-17. Against Arizona, that offense for, for Washington State mustered up six points. They got blown out of the water, 44-6. He was 22-30, 192 yards, 73% completion, zero touchdowns, one interception. So in the last two games, he has a one-to-three touchdown to interception ratio, where before that he hadn't thrown an interception at all, and he had four, He was 14 uh, touchdowns to zero interceptions, or 13 touchdowns, I'm sorry, to zero interceptions. He just not has he, – he has not looked the same over the past two weeks, man. And you can't play like that. Getting into the 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 the, the really meat and potatoes of the college football season, it's not about how you start, man. It's about how you finish. And if you don't finish strong, your draft stock is going to continue to plummet. DP, this is unfortunate, and it's unfortunate because this he had the, a very similar situation last year where he started off well, right? And and or he started off good. I'll say yep. he started off good last year, and then. Right around the middle to the end of the season, things started to fold. And I, I don't want to see that happen again for him because this, I, I think if he has that combined with his mechanics, and when I say his mechanics, right, we're describing somebody that does a lot of off-platform, off-schedule, different type, you know what I'm saying? Like he, it's, it's, it's very different in his approach that that combined with the lack of production, people are going to start tying that together to start saying like, hey, you as a quarterback prospect, you're a developmental guy not a franchise guy, right? And you right. don't want to start the trend the developmental way more than a franchise way because that's when you start to see your draft stock, um, you know, like fall significantly. So I'm with you, DP. Like he had, he has to play better. I just don't want to see this again because he's an exact repeat of what happened last year. But we will see, right? It's a week-to-week situation, um, and we'll just keep it going, keep it flowing like that. But DP, like we say, let's keep this thing going, man. And matter of fact, I said DP, I'm about to say Coach DP. Coach DP, Coach K, yes, we are coming back. We are make appearances. We are jumping into that locker room to hand out game balls, so stay tuned. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Guys, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Guys, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. 
Okay, listen, all you got to do is very easy. Create a job, a free job post on LinkedIn jobs. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. You will have simple tools at your disposal, like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can quick quickly prioritize who you like to interview and or hire. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That is LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Coach K, <clears throat> it's time to handle these game balls, man. And, and you're your one of your stock up guys was my game ball recipient, and that's mm -hmm. Ricky Pearsall from the like University of Florida. You know what I'm saying? It happens. It happens from time to time. And guys, uh, as the graphic shit, like you know, he talked about it, ten for one sixty six in the touchdown. But the reason why he gets my game ball, he won the game for Florida. Like he scored the game winning touchdown and left South Carolina with only forty some some odd seconds left in the game to try and go down and drive against their defense. And he said 10 for 166 in the touchdown. His ability to run the variety of routes to get open against man-to-man, -man, find soft spots and zones. I Like, you know, like you talked about, I, we both think his stock should be up, and, and it is up. But also, this young man came through in the clutch. Graham Mertz has not been great for Florida, but he threw for over 400 yards in this game, and Ricky Pearsall is a big reason why he was able to have his success. So shout-out to Ricky Pearsall. He gets the game ball of week seven Keith who gets your game ball this week yeah DP my game ball it goes to an entire side of the football and that is Notre Dame's defense listen because we have to understand the importance of this right um Marcus Freeman was he was about to place himself squarely on the hot seat right he went from being that guy to being solely on the hot seat real quick right, right? it had like a, a blowout to Louisville a close win to Duke a loss to Ohio State, right? And then you potentially, what, lose three out of the last four games, which was everybody, I think, even half of the, the fans that filled the stadium in Notre Dame was like, you know what? USC is going to score 35 points. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we're going to be able to score 30, right? Like, they, like you know what I'm saying? It may be a good game, maybe a decent game, but we're going to lose this game. But guess what? Notre Dame's defense showed up, DP. And I think that they forced three turnovers, three interceptions by Caleb Williams, right? And, and they played complimentary football in the sense of the fact of this. They gave the ball to the offense with a short field. The offense scored the points. And then you knew that USC's defense couldn't stop Notre Dame's offense, right? So they did their job. They, they turned that thing around and made sure that, you know what, we're going to take it out of our offense's hands to have to compete with Caleb Williams score for score. And we're going to stop Caleb Williams. So they had three interceptions. And this was the thing, DP. That was a turning point. I feel like for just, you know, Caleb Williams, part of his Heisman campaign, right? Like, cause it, it just, you know, it was a tough, it was just a tough loss and everybody's watching and you get two traditional programs like that, USC and Notre Dame, stuff like that. Um, you know, potentially a, a turning point in that type of race for the Heisman, but also I think it was a turning point for Notre Dame. They needed that win so bad. And, and, and I, we picked them, right? I, I know I picked USC to win the game. I, I, I thought too. USC, <laughs> I picked them to win. And for them to come in, and these guys like Xavier Watts, right, right, the safety for Notre Dame that made plays, defensive tackle Riley Mills that made plays. And I was like, you know what? When you get, when you get, when you stop an offense like that, and I think they stop them to 199 yards passing, when you're able to do that, um, that's not a, a, a one person effort, that's a collective effort. So that's why I wanted to give it to Notre Dame's entire defense. And, and, <clears throat> excuse me. I think to your point too, Keith, is that 
we we sit there and think about what Caleb has done. He does he does a lot of video game s things, right? A lot of running around like deep balls off of one foot. But like they forced him in the pocket. It was very remember the the, the Pac-12 game, Pac-12 championship against Utah. After like he did get banged up, you know, all on one of those, that long run he had early in that game, but Utah started cage rushing him, and instead of him navigating the pocket, right, shuffle left, shuffle right, step up, slide. You know, if, if you're an edge rusher, your edge rusher's getting too far upfield. I'm gonna slide up and then replace him. You displace yourself. I'm gonna replace, find a throwing lane and make a play. He wasn't doing those things. He was drifting back over and over and over again and it's like bro you're out leveraging your tackles right and you know me i was critical of bryce young for doing that bryce did it because he couldn't see caleb does it because that's just how he plays quarterback so that kind of caught up to him so shot yeah no i'm i'm with you that that defensive performance was special man like they they were flying around like just making everything difficult blanketing receivers Everything, man. So absolutely. Shout out to that defense for Notre Dame, man, because they came ready to play. And like you said, they understood the assignment. Our offense is reeling right now. we got some injuries at wide receiver. We cannot expect Sam Hartman to just go and put up 42 to go 42 to 38 versus Caleb Williams. We got to make some plays. We got to play football, too. We're draft prospects. We're highly highly, uh, recruited uh, players as well. We got to do our jobs. And that defense which is chock full of NFL talent on all three levels, they did their job. Yeah, I think this is going to question how good is USC too, right? Like, I think people are going to wonder, like, okay, that Utah game that's on the schedule that, you know, if they play Oregon, you know, I can't remember exactly who they played down the stretch, right? Oregon, Washington, when they play those teams, like, okay, what are we expecting to happen? So, man, you got a good conversation, a good narrative out of week seven. But DP, you know what we was able to do? We was able to convert that into great content, great content for the Locked On NFL Draft podcast and our everydayers, man. Like always, man, we want to say shout out to you guys for thank- for tapping in with us, man. We want to thank y'all time and time again y'all help make this podcast man y'all are why we do this podcast to be able to talk to y'all man me myself right keith sanchez you can find me on twitter slash x at the talent code dp damian parsons you can find him at twitter slash x on dp at dp underscore nfl man make sure y'all tap in with us each and every single day make sure y'all tweet at us because we like to tweet back any type of draft takes draft analysis draft questions you guys have we are the dynamic duo that you come to Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Uh, guys, especially on YouTube, go like, subscribe, hit the bell notification and everything. Thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday. Thank you for being our everydayers. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow. On tomorrow's show, we have game ball for the NFL. We got rookie report, seeing which rookies play well in week six of the NFL season, but also you know what I mean? What have we learned and how will it impact the NFL draft? We're going to talk about all that tomorrow. So come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.